Hello, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with the Women's Motorsports Network. And our podcast today is featuring two young ladies. Normally, we only have one, but we are excited to have two young women that go to college. And I'm going to let them tell you about that. And they're part of a motorsports program that I think you're going to be really interested in learning about. And so I want to welcome Lexi and Lauren. And Lexi, we're going to start with you. And um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, you can tell us where you go to school and about your family, anything that you feel comfortable sharing with our audience. Hi, so I'm Lexi. I am a mechanical engineering major. I am in my third year of college. I originally grew up in Westchester, New York, and I moved to Connecticut about six or seven years ago. I am a big sister to an awesome little brother who's into hockey as well as the rest of my family. Um, I really enjoy spending time with my family, my little brother, my dog, and taking a lot of time spent at the beach. Okay. How about you, Lauren? Hi, my name is Lauren. I'm also a mechanical engineering major in my third year. Um, I'm from Connecticut, uh, kind of towards New York in a small little town. Um, and UConn was just such a great school, so I had to come here. Um, I have an older brother who is getting married in a week. Ooh, that's um, exciting. And I also have like 10 chickens at home. So 10 chickens. Yes. Now, are they your chickens or is it a family project? Uh, it's a family project. It's like kind of like my dad mostly. And okay. Like a very big garden, so we grow lots of vegetables. And oh, that's very cool. Yeah. That's really become a thing more so um, than it was honestly before COVID. I don't know about you guys, but I've met a, a handful of people who are raising chickens, and they started doing it during the pandemic, during COVID, and they love it. They just fell in love with it, and so they're still doing it. So that's that's kind of a cool cool deal. So University of Connecticut, and um, and what's the name of the program that you're involved in? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Lexi? Um, or, so or Lauren, either one. I got it. Our program is UConn Formula SAE. We are part of a national and actually international um, design, building, and competing competition where we each team will build and design their own unique car and then take it up to Michigan and then compete with that against, I think last year was 120 other schools. So this is a big deal for a lot of people who maybe even haven't heard of it for 120 schools to be involved in this program. It's time if you haven't heard of it and you have a daughter who's interested in motorsports or you are that person, um, you need to maybe check this out. This is very cool. This is the I think the second time that I've interviewed someone who was involved in this and the last time I believe it was Kentucky, maybe that um, was part of it. And so how long does it take you, um, Lauren, to from start to finish to build this car? So we build a new car every single year. Uh, so our deadline is, you know, one year is the um, the longest it will ever be. Um, but we design throughout the summer. 
Uh, and when we get back to school in the fall, that's when we get building and manufacturing. Uh, we're recruiting new members, like new freshmen, sophomore, like people who are interested uh, kind of in the first month of the return back to school. And we finish the car in roughly February to March. That's when we have this event where we unveil our new and completed car to staff, parents, friends, family, um, everyone. So all in all, I'd say a little bit like less, less than a year, a little mm -hmm. over, um, half a year. Yeah. Yeah. And so you work through the summer. Is that from home? Or are you at school like 12 months out of the year? Either one. So, <laughs> um, so during the summer, it's mostly virtual. Uh, however, there are people who come to our shop to um, utilize some of the shop resources to help um, help research and build. There's not too many people who do that, but it's mostly uh, if you're in the higher leadership group and you have to manage and organize, that's when coming to the shop is a little bit more essential. Okay. Um, the summer. So Lexi, tell me about that. The higher leadership, what does that mean? So that's basically our team leads and our executive position. The way our team is broken up is we have one president manning pretty much everything with three other people. That is our chief engineer who leads most of the build, the manufacturing, the design, as well as our treasurer and our business lead who take care of a lot of the financials. And then from there, we break into 10 team leads, which control different subsystems of the car, be that the chassis, the powertrain, the suspension, and all of the different components and every different lead would be part of that higher up leadership where they're working really closely with the chief engineer and the president to then manufacture parts, give out different design projects and help their part of the team through the design build and compete process. So you make your own parts? Um, not all of them. Some of them we definitely reach out to sponsors for. We design all of them in-house for the majority, for the most part, but Everything that we can't do here, we will send out to sponsors, give them all of our drawings, our models, and then have them manufacture it. But everything else we can do in-house, we will be sitting here with, you know, angle grinders, welding, doing whatever we can to get it done. Okay. So let's talk about sponsors. Um, how do you go about getting them? Who are they? And because I, I'm, I'm interested to know, you know, who funds the project? Does the school fund it? It's all funded by sponsors. Um, how does that work? Uh, so as you may expect, like the race car is very, very expensive. And we have a lovely business subsystem team who takes care of a lot of the sponsors and outreach. Um, we get support from the school as well. Um, the School of Engineering does um, give us a good chunk of money to kind of like get us started, but we also, uh, we're always looking for a lot of, um, I guess, engineering like firms to, um, to kind of support us in our journey. Uh, I don't know if I'm able to mention the sponsor. Well, that's okay. You don't have to. Okay. That's okay. Um, so... We'll have sponsors like Bend 
or cope our tubes, which is like cutting our tubes to make the process of assembling the frame a little bit easier mm -hmm. because it's a, it's a hard process to do in-house. We don't have uh, the tools um, or ability to do that as a college um, program. So okay. we don't have very exotic like machinery in our yeah. shop. We have um, basic drill presses. We have lathes and um, like a CNC mill weld welding, but that's kind of like um, what we have. And then we won't be like supplied with anymore because we are like still under the college, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but going back to the incredible work that the business team does, they send out emails almost every single meeting to new possible um, sponsors, and they can either provide us with services or just like a lump sum of money to help us support um, costs in general. And we also do a whole ton of fundraisers during the school year, um, and we just recently did one. Um, and yeah, that's how we get. Okay. So about how many people are involved in this program? That's a really tough question. Cause overall I'd say we have over a hundred people on like a fantastic day, but as the semester goes on, people get caught up in different things. And because we meet three days a week, we meet Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays on any given day, you'll have about 50 people in the shop working, but that's not to say every day you're going to have minimum 50 or 75 or 25. You will end up getting more of a core group that are there like every day, like putting in the hours outside of the shop hours. But I'd say we roughly have about a good solid 50 people. That's the amount of people that we brought to competition last year working on the car at any given moment. Okay. And so I'm assuming this is part of your degree program. This is counts towards graduation. How does that work? This uh, is just a no. club. Yeah. Like this, this is, is just a club. Extracurricular on our own time, putting in the hours. It looks great for experience, but it doesn't end up necessarily going towards credit hours. Although a lot of the skills that you do gain here, you will use in classes and it does help further your learning from the theoreticals in the classroom to the practical applications outside of it. Okay, so I'm going to ask each one of you, why? Why are you involved, Lexi? I have been obsessed with cars since I was a little three-year-old. I saw a Jeep for the first time. and thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And since then, I've kind of just been following this love of cars. And then coming to college, I was an engineering major. And again, still very obsessed with anything that moves, trains, boats. And when I was told oh my God, you could work on a race car and my dream is to work at NASCAR or any other large racing motorsport company. I had to bite on it and I've kind of fallen in love and stayed with it since. So um, did you grow up around racing, Lexi, or you just because of your love of the cars? I mean, did you go watch NASCAR? I have. Are you a huge fan? Do you never miss watching? Tell me kind of where you fall in that in that spectrum? I definitely didn't grow up around it. Um, my uncle, who I'm very close with, is a mechanic and just opened his own shop a couple years back. But other than that, it was really just the love of cars. Like I was the kid who had a thousand one train tracks set up all around my apartment, driving my mom crazy. Um, I started going to my first races actually this past summer. And 
since the first one, I someone has to come with me every single time. Like every time there's a race at Lime Rock, I am there. I am watching. I've really recently gotten into Formula One, and that's another thing. Like if there's a race, you bet I will be sitting there watching it. Okay. All right. So now, Lauren, tell me, how about you? How, how did you get to this program? I have a very different story from Lexi, actually. <laughs> so I did not grow up around cars at all. Um, and I was previously a nursing major coming into UConn as a freshman. And uh, the first week or two of school, I was already um, kind of feeling like I didn't belong in the nursing program. Don't get me wrong, the nursing staff and faculty were very, very great. I just felt like maybe this wasn't the place to be. And I enrolled in a course called Engineering 1000, which is an introductory course that every single engineer needs to take their fall semester of freshman year. And I dragged a friend. Um, so we signed up for the class. We were not engineering majors. However, the professor was nice enough to let us um, join the course. And in the course, there were many uh, staff from a bunch of different departments who came and talked to us about various types of engineering. And I was very fascinated. I don't come from a family of engineers and I wasn't really exposed to what engineering really meant. So that class really opened my eyes to a world of opportunities. And that class actually required you to go to this fair that um, and this fair was just a room full of engineering clubs and student organizations. And you had to go up to a bunch of organizations and hear about what they were doing, who they were, and like, you know, see if you're interested to get involved in engineering. And I went up to the Formula SAE booth. I was kind of nervous because at the time it was a lot of guys. But the president, um, two years ago, he um, he's graduated now, but he made this club seem so cool and attractive. Like he was saying how Formula SAE provides you with the ultimate engineering experience. If you want to do a little bit of hands-on, if you're willing to learn, um, if you're um, uncomfortable with CAD, like we will teach you. You don't have to know anything about cars. You don't have to be a car person. And I joined just to try it out. As a freshman, I did want to get involved and this seemed like the perfect club to kind of get started. Um, I've always been a very busy person. So the three times a week for me wasn't the end of the world. I was very used to it. Um, so when I joined, my first few weeks were a little bit rocky. There were a lot of people in the shop. So the 50 kind of like roughly that Lexi was talking about earlier, um, consistently coming into the shop, the first week of recruitment, uh, you get like 100, like one, like 110, 120. There's a lot of people in a small space and there's mm -hmm. just not like, everyone's flooding in at once. So you can't really accommodate every single person. But afterwards, um, after that initial 
um, one or two weeks, I kind of got into the flow of things. I was a learning, I was learning a little bit more, uh, having more one-on-one interactions with the other engineers and the upperclassmen. I learned a ton from them. And I just, from dipping my feet in, I just like, you know, you got the bug. Yeah. You got the bug. I love that story because I hear so many stories from young women who grew up around racing. And, you know, if you grow up around it, it's going to be in your blood 99% of the time. But I love the stories of the women who didn't know anything about it. And then they dip their toes in and guess what? Now they're very, very big fans of racing and, and cars and, and all of that. So, um, do each of you, each, are you each on a different team? And if so, what team are you on and what part of the car are you working on? Um, so we're both on different teams. I am part of our suspensions of team and Lauren is part of our controls, but I'm basically working on anything that's connecting wheels to the car. And that's more determining our fine tuning of our driver experience. Um, And like the different ways that the car is going to react in cornering and different just driving situations. It does seem a little more simple, but it does take on a lot of the like statics dynamics courses that like I absolutely adore. And it kind of from someone who's getting more into understanding racing as a whole, it's really cool to watch how like the things that I'm designing and working on are affecting the car. I personally have a project that I'm working on, which is our anti-roll bars or, or our sway bars. And it hasn't been worked on since 2019. So I'm, I'm having the time of my life figuring it out. Okay. But it's really cool to watch from year to year, like going from just researching about this a couple months ago to now having a full 3D model in front of me that I'm like going to start doing testing on and then manufacturing in a couple months is very exciting. And, you know, what I love about your program is, you know, book learning is great and it's important. But I love that you're going to actually see it come to life before your eyes. And and to me, that's probably one of the most exciting parts about being in this program or in, in this club, because I don't know what the other clubs are, but none of them are building a race car. I'm sure of that. And so, you know, being able to see your portion of the car fit in with Lauren's portion of the car and Joe's portion of the car um, has to be really like exciting and, and rewarding. I would say, what do you, what do you say, Lauren, about all of that? (laughs) So definitely it is really, really rewarding, especially that first moment when you drop the car. So that's when you're, you, you're building on stands, Mm -hmm. um, for months. And then finally, like you can drop and you see how, the suspension holds up. You see how when you turn the steering wheel, it turns the wheels. And then all of a sudden, like you press on the gas and it goes, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's the best part. It is, it is amazing. And then when um when the car is wrapped, it looks beautiful. And, and so when you wrap the car, is it gonna say University of Connecticut? or it'll have sponsors on it. What will the wrap do? And does somebody have that job of designing the wrap? So it varies from year to year. So we usually have a vote on it. Uh, We vote on 
all these different ideas that people will throw into the idea pool. And we've tried wrapping in-house. We've tried, um, you know, having a sponsor wrap it. But, um, you know, we play around it every, every so year. So who knows? It'll be a surprise. Yeah. Exactly. It'll be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, however, something that does not change is the sponsor logos that go on the car. We want to be able to show our support Mm-hmm. Um, and thank to thank our all sorry, thank all of our sponsors. Yeah. Um, we plaster them all over the car. So when we do that initial unveiling, I was talking about um right. a little bit ago, they can see the name of their company on the car and they're like, yes. Oh, I helped do this, I helped do that. Yeah. And and when they see that, you know, on the car and the car's beautiful and it's and it works and it drives and it races that gives them inspiration to be a sponsor again, for sure. for sure. Yeah. So how do you decide who gets to be the driver? It's a very long process. So what we do at the beginning of every school year, after we've competed with our car, we put everyone in the car for a team drive day. And if you're really blowing us out of the water on team drive day, we will definitely get you testing that car further on but the process really narrows down from anyone who's interested is more than welcome to come and learn we would love to teach people but we really start with a form it was this year and it was just kind of like what do you know about the racing line how the car handles and just a couple questions just seeing people's answers gauging it to kind of figure out where everyone is and then from there the team who wanted to learn to drive went and they all went go-karting and we basically took our top I think it was five or six people and our fastest go-karting time like drivers we would take them and then put them in our car to see how it handles differently how they're going to perform in that and so at competition we do four different events so we have a skid pad an autocross an acceleration and what's the other one Endurance and endurance. So we put all drivers into an autocross situation, into a skid pad situation, and then into an acceleration like experience. So they will try all of them. And then from there, it goes straight down to time. Whoever's the fastest in each one of the competition settings will then be put in and do all of our testing on the car and then practice through there to then be ready for competition to drive at their peak ability that we can have them to by the time we get to Michigan. And so when, when do you come to Michigan, which is my home state, I'm actually in Arizona right now, girls, it's 102 outside. Why well, I got my tank top on. Um, I'm, I'm at my daughter's uh, taking care of my two, two of my older grandchildren. And, um, but I live in Michigan. And so tell me, where do you go and when will you be there? So we go to the Michigan International Speedway. There's two different competitions. One is for the internal combustion car, and one is for the electric vehicle. So the internal combustion car, that is at the end of May, um, typically around like the 20th. It's it's like a whole week. Uh, So after finals um, for most students, May like 15, 20th, somewhere around that. And then the electric vehicle competition is in June. So we haul our car and trailer as well as a whole bunch of, you know, we're we're carpooling 
we drive all the way up there. It's like a 16 hour trip and we have a great time. Oh yeah. That's a great speedway and it's gotta be a fun place to go um, for you guys, because that's really, that's really, you know, this, everything that you've done, that's where it, that's where it comes to. And then you can sit back with pride and, and, and watch your car for sure. What's the best thing about that experience? First of all, have you been able to go in the past? You're third year student, so I'm thinking you may have already been there. If you have, how does that make you feel when you're there um, to, to experience that? It's definitely the first time. I'm going to compare it to something I've never experienced, but I'm assuming it's like walking out onto like a giant football stadium and just seeing everyone there like watching you. And it's very much like you've done all these little things and the days go by so slowly sometimes. And you're like, okay, like we put on a damper today. All right. We threw on the steering wheel, but when you get there, you're like, wait, this is real. We are here. And especially being part of a team that, does achieve so highly and we've worked so like diligently to get to the point that we are achieving so highly. It's very surreal. It's very yeah. much, it's, it's so like, I can't even describe it cause I'm just so wowed every time I think about the first time that I set foot there and was like, this is, this is it. Like I know personally that I would love to go into motorsport for my career at some point. So knowing that like, this is it. Like it's very much where I hope to be and being there is the most gratifying experience ever. Okay. Lauren. So my first year was very whack. Um, so when I went to competition, I didn't know what to expect. So I was, I didn't put like my hopes up or anything. I just wanted to be pleasantly surprised. And I got there and there were so many teams I was not expecting. Like a hundred teams in person with cars is just significantly different from when you hear, oh, we're racing against a hundred teams. Right. Um, you know what I mean? And the best part is, it's a competition, but everyone is willing to help you out. So there's a hundred teams there. And if one team needs help, the other teams who can support you have got your back. So my first year, we wrecked the engine um, and the engine kind of like blew up, kind of not like, you know, actually, but like some internals broke and um, the car wasn't able to run. And this was, right before our big race and we scrambled and when we say we scrambled we were looking for teams that had an engine hoist which is like a huge yeah. machine to haul your engine up and we we were almost like hopeless like we were thinking there's no way that someone else has brought an engine hoist and we were wrong because one of them did and they were able to let us borrow it and we had a spare engine that we tossed in the car and because almost everything is connected to the engine we had to take all these components off put the new engine in put everything back on and then we had to go back to like all these other events that were closing soon because um you only have a certain amount of time to do some of these events and by the time they close like once they close they close mm -hmm. so um after our little situation they were rushing like full-on sprinting to these events 
and the racetrack is massive. So yep. a lot of just adrenaline pumping through our veins. And then we ended up succeeding. We missed one of the smaller events, but made it up in the big grand finale event. Um, our car lasted the entire um, endurance run, which is about 30 minutes of running um, and racing against other teams. We survived that and that race grants you the most points. So we ended up still managing to be in the top 10. Wow. After our um, engine mishap. You know, and so when I was listening to you um, talk about teamwork and how, you know, everybody's willing to have your back, that is what motorsports is all about. And I know you haven't maybe experienced that part of it yet. But from grassroots racing, from little kids in quarter midgets, all the way up to NASCAR, Formula One, whoever. I, I'm not sure Formula One is as much of a family as some of the other, but I'm, I'm um, more familiar with NASCAR, short track racing, et cetera, sprint car racing. And that's how it is. You know, yes, I'm very competitive and I'm going to do my best to beat you on the racetrack. But if you have some kind of failure or you need whatever it is you need, um, I've seen teams that um, battle fiercely on the track, help each other off the track. And to me, that is one of the most important things about motorsports is that, and, and how it's different from other sports. Okay. So let's take football or baseball. You know, they play against how many different teams during the season, and there's 53 players on every NFL team. And so you don't get that closeness with those players that you do in motorsports, because in motorsports, every weekend you're at a different track, but you're racing all the same people. The crews are the same people, the, the crew chief. You know, everything is 99% of the time the same. So the fact that you said that about those teams makes me think that it's very much like being at Michigan when there's a NASCAR race, you know, because you've got all those people that, that would be there to help you if you needed it. And when something goes wrong in, in somebody's life or we celebrate the birth of a child, everybody celebrates, no matter whose team they're on. And so that's something that I think motorsports gives to all of us involved that we don't get anywhere else. Now, let's talk about women in, involved. About how many women are in your club That's that's a hard one. I'd say we're close to 20, maybe? 20. -ish, I'd say, give or take a few. We got a lot of new female new members, which I'm so over the moon about because I, I love my women in STEM. Um, they're fantastic. It's definitely a shorter, like, smaller portion of our team. However, mm -hmm. we are a very close-knit group. Like, we have about a 1,001 group chats of just all of the girls being like, oh, like, I want to do spin class night. Who wants to come? Or, hey, I'm going to the shop. You guys want to, like, meet me there? So it's a very close-knit group, although we're not necessarily that big. However, 
as per last year, we have done a lot better to get a lot more numbers this year. Okay, good. And are they, is it, you know, women you think that are already know something about motorsports? Are they more like Lauren where they just said, well, this sounds like fun and maybe I'll learn something new. What do you think? Or, or do you know? I personally did a lot of our recruiting this year. So I know that a lot of our new members, like I have a bunch of bio majors, like a handful. And they're like, I know nothing about cars, but this is so cool. Like, let me do it. And I was like, all right, come on in. So a lot of our new members, like our females, males apart, doesn't really matter. But definitely our females are not all engineers. A lot of them, even our engineers, don't really care about cars. I think I'm one of the very few members on our team who's very like car oriented. Okay. And see, I was expecting it to be a lot of people who loved cars were involved, you know, involved in in motorsports, etc. So that that's a little bit surprising to me for sure. So a woman engineer, you could have jobs, many, many, many companies. We're going to talk about motorsports because you're building a race car and motorsports is what I do. So how do you feel about women being becoming engineers and being involved in something like motorsports? You know, we know you could take a hundred different kinds of jobs, but But tell me how you feel about a woman getting involved in what is considered a man's world. Lexi? Oh, all right. We'll start with you. It's definitely something very important. I know when I was taking engineering classes in high school, my engineering teacher asked us the question of, why do you think there's two girls sitting in this classroom and the rest are boys? And one young man raised his hand and he was like, Because girls don't want to, they don't care, they're not good at it. And I remember my blood just boiling, and she literally looked at me and was like, Lexi, you could talk in about two seconds, but you need to take a walk because you're so upset right now. Mm -hmm. And hearing that, I didn't realize how difficult my future was going to be until that moment. And I think because it is that difficult and because that's still such a large stigma that women don't want to be here, they're not capable, and it's just dead wrong that it's that much more important to have women in these Mm -hmm. fields like lauren's a lead on our team and i think it's so valuable that a female is a lead and doing so many amazing things to show that we are not we are just as capable if not more capable than everyone doing it and we will be a great addition i've gotten into following a lot of like women who are drift drivers and like building their own drift cars and have like a lot of women on like there are pit teams and it's a really amazing thing to see. And the community that you have, like just walking through the pits and you see like an all girl team, it's like, I know I belong there. And I think that's a belonging mm-hmm. that we should be aiming in the motorsport community to create just overall. Yeah, I agree with you. Lauren, what about you? How do you, how do you feel about women getting involved in what is typically a man's area, whether it's motorsports or something else? So when I first joined there, there was way less than 20 women. I can put that out there. Um, we have um, grown our numbers pretty significantly from my freshman year, which is a fantastic thing. And UConn has really helped boost those numbers with the amount of percent, like the, the percentage um, going up um, for females in engineering. Um, 
And specifically in motorsport, I agree with Lexi completely. I think that um, women really need to band together and they have to sh- they show their strength mm-hmm. and, and numbers and ability. And we have to be able to stand up for ourselves. And we kind of learn that together sometimes. We stand up for each other. And by standing up for each other, each person gains their own confidence. So then when they're confronted by, by say, um, people who don't think they belong and they can say something about it and they can be confident that they belong, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, let's, let's face it. You are the minority as far as engineering goes. Um, I see more and more and more women doing uh, careers in motorsports. I started this in 2017 And I was even surprised myself about the number of women drivers. I mean, I knew there were women drivers, but I was blown away by how many women all over the world drive or are part of a a race team. And I, especially in um, drag racing, drag racing is huge for little girls. But, you know, I see more and more women taking roles in engineering, of course, social media, finance, all those other roles. I mean, motorsports is a business. If you take Joe Gibbs racing, he needs a travel coordinator. He needs uh, somebody to feed the people on race day. He needs, you know, everything that every other business needs and an accounting team, a marketing team. Right. And so more and more women are taking roles in motorsports because maybe they drove quarter midgets when they were little and they love racing or whatever reason. And so I see more and more and I've gotten to know some, um, hopefully, you know, maybe I can connect you to some of those women, um, that have roles who have some clout with some race teams you know, a Beth Peretta, I don't know if you know who that is. She has an IndyCar team or had an IndyCar team. And not this last year, but the year before, it was an all-women team. The owner was a woman, the driver was a woman, and all of the people working in the pits and that engineers were women. So Google her if you don't know her, Beth Peretta. She's an amazing woman. And um And it's, you know, there's more and more like IndyCar, I know, has two or three women that I'm aware of that work on the pit crew. And I know a couple of them um, that I've read about or want to get on my podcast are engineers. And so, um, you know, wouldn't that be fun to see your driver coming across the finish line winning the Indy 500, Um, you know? There's no, there's no other feeling like it for sure. So, um, yeah, I love, I love what you're doing and that, you know, you're encouraging, I think other women, do you know the saying to see me is to be me. So other little girls, younger women that are coming to Connecticut to school or anywhere that watches this, they're going to be like, Oh, well, that's cool. I wonder if there's a college near me that has that same program, because if there's a hundred of them, you know, there's gotta be 
some in every state. And, and so they could find how to be involved for sure. So um, when you go to the race, what will your jobs be that weekend? Do you have any like specific jobs or will you just be there as a support or you'll be there because you were on the team that built the car and you're going to be there to watch? It definitely depends. So there are a list of people with assigned jobs. And this past year at Michigan, like I was, because I was a suspension member, I was in charge of making sure that our tire pressures were correct and our tire pressure setups were this like right ones for every single event. Um, there were people who were in charge of filling gas, of doing suspension nut and bolt checks. And it really depends. It depends how involved you are, like what you're going to be doing. If you've kind of worked more on data acquisition, you're going to make sure that everything's being set up the right way. And if you've worked more on powertrain, you're going to be taking care of the engine. It's definitely heavily specialized as to what you're doing. But we also had a bunch of members who were there just to support in an instance where the engine breaks and you need all hands on deck. Yeah. It's everyone's going to jump in when they need, but there are assigned smaller roles for everyone to take. Have you ever seen the competition? Do you know what PRI is? It's called Performance Racing Industry, and they put on a show in Indianapolis every year in December. And they have a competition. Um, I, ha I didn't go last year, but I'm assuming they did, of engine building. And it's schools that take apart and put the engine back together. And it, it's timed, and it's quality, and it's all that. And it's really so fun to watch because they are so fast amazingly fast it's ridiculous so that's another thing you can look up because that's that's fun to watch and i'm sure there's videos on youtube about about that for sure so when you recruit people through the school do you use social media at all to like share what your club is doing or is that really just not part of of the program so we do. Um, a lot of our audience, the younger audience, is on more social media, um, especially apps like Instagram, like mm -hmm. perhaps Twitter and things like that. Um, and we post our events, our major events, fundraisers um, on those social media platforms and they get shared and people will respond, uh, slide a message in asking about, hey, how do I join the club? Um, what time do you have meetings? Hey, I'm interested. Uh, so we do get a lot of questions answered um, through social media, and then they end up um, coming to the shop and we get to meet them in person. So it is part of a recruiting um, effort on social media. However, I think most of the people we do end up getting from in-person fairs, um, like the uh, school involvement fair or okay. um, engineering specific fairs. So how would we find you on social media, your club? Our Instagram handle is Yukon FSAE, I think. Wrong. It's at Yukon <laughs> Formula SAE. I'm so close. I'm so close. So close. I'll get it one day. Yes. I believe they are all at it's Yukon all Formula the same SAE handle, now. Yeah. Okay. All right. I want to make sure I, I have that so I can share that for sure. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask you a, a couple questions maybe that aren't as necessarily related to what you're doing just for some, some fun things. So aside from your cell phone, tablet, computer, whatever, 
What is one thing you could not live without? My dog. Okay. <laughs> Lauren? Oh, this is a good one. I feel like I don't have one. Um, it comes and goes. I feel like every time I'm in a phase, like it, I, in, in like reading. I so right like, now, what would be something? Oh, a journal. Oh, I love that. Okay. So I'm also a crafter, been a crafter <laughs> for years and I make homemade journals. Wow. Really? You will be receiving one because all my podcast guests receive a gift in the mail. And so, and that's what they are. They're my homemade journals. So I'm thrilled to death that you said that. And you're going to have to get Lexi to start journaling, or you can write your grocery list in it or whatever you want, you know, but um, anyway, so we'll, before, before you leave me today, after we stop recording, I will be getting your addresses for sure. So here we go. We're going to, I'm going to ask you some of your favorites. So Lexi, we're going to start with you Boy. <laughs> and just whatever comes to mind, favorite food or restaurant. Oreos could live and die by them. Favorite beverage. Water. Favorite racetrack food and where, which maybe you won't be able to answer. There's definitely, I had Ben and Jerry's at Lime Rock once and it literally made my life. So probably that. Okay. <laughs> Favorite color? Yellow. Favorite animal? Dolphins. Oh, I like that. Some and So many people say dog or cat, and I get that, but there's so many wonderful animals. Favorite vacation destination? The Bahamas. Mm, favorite candy or snack? Twix, for sure. Favorite place to shop? TJ Maxx, all the way. Favorite movie, actor, or actress? Um, Monsters, Inc. Favorite musician, song, or type of music? Noah Khan. Favorite sports team, not racing related? The Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, very nice. Favorite professional race car driver, if you have one? Lando Norris. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Favorite TV or streaming show? How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Favorite thing to celebrate? Life. Oh, that's a great answer. Favorite, last question. Favorite toy as a little girl, cars or dolls? Cars. Okay. Awesome. Well, now, Lauren, you've heard her answers, and this is oh, not this is not Family Feud where you have to match them. But if okay. some of her answers are your answers, that's okay. You don't okay. have to don't come up I'm with something be, different. Sorry, I don't think I'm going to be able to answer a few of those. That's okay. Just say pass. No big deal. Just say okay. pass. All right. Favorite food or restaurant? I'm already stumped. Um, I got to go. My parents had a Chinese restaurant, um, so I'd okay. have to go. I'm totally biased, but I do like Chinese. Well, food. you couldn't not say that. They'd probably disown you, right? Yeah, that's true. They would. So do they still have the restaurant? Um, they don't. Okay. Um, but I was just going to let you give them a plug if they did. So 
<laughs> but if it if we're talking about like fast food chain restaurant, then Dairy Queen. You see me oh, there. Oh yeah, Dairy Queen's always good. Favorite beverage. I like orange Fanta. Mm-hmm. It's been around forever and it's a good one. Favorite racetrack food. Probably don't have one, do you? I don't have one. Favorite Classic. color. Yeah. Favorite color. Um, this turquoise blue. Oh, like very yeah. specific. Nice. Favorite animal. I like koalas. Okay. Favorite vacation destination. If it's somewhere I've been to, I must say the Bahamas because I went there um, this summer. Okay. Lucky girl. Favorite candy or snack? I like Yorks. Favorite place to shop? I like going to Target. Oh, I, you know what? That's the number one answer that I get is Target. <laughs> favorite, favorite movie, actor, or actress? Robert Downey Jr. Good answer. Favorite musician, song, or type of music? Olivia Rodrigo. Fun fact. Mm. We have the same birthday. My granddaughter likes her too. Favorite sports team, not racing related? Am I allowed to say be biased and say UConn women's basketball team? Yeah, absolutely. They're a national yeah. treasure. Come on. For sure. All right. Favorite? Oh, probably You probably don't have a favorite professional race car driver i don't that's okay you don't have to favorite holiday <laughs> favorite holiday christmas favorite tv or streaming show i was recently dragged into star wars and mm -hmm. there's um this tv show called andor and yes it was really good okay yes i am aware of that show favorite thing to celebrate Other than life. <laughs> I like celebrating the little things. That, okay. You know, the, the little things. So like little accomplishments. Like celebrating the fact that I drank a bottle of water today. Yeah. Which doesn't happen very often. I'm very dehydrated girly. But, um, you know, I celebrate like at the end of the day. I'm like, I got through today. Okay. I'm yeah. going to ask you the last question and then I'm going to recommend a book for you. Okay. As a little girl, your favorite toy, cars or dolls? Or what was your favorite toy as a kid? Legos? Legos. Yeah. 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 I can I see that. I didn't of it, but I read a lot of books. So I was, I was a very like. You like to read? Like, I did like to read. I really liked um, this book called Good Night Moon. I was oh, yeah. I know that book. that book. I was looking for. I must have put it away. I want you to read the book or do it on Audible. It's called. Um, oh, gosh. It just left me. Something for moments. Hang on. I have a picture of it on my phone. It's all about celebrating the little things. And when you just said, you know, um, it's the power of moments. It's a really easy read. It's not a huge book. Okay. It's by Chip and Dan Heath, H-E-A-T-H. -E really good book. Lots of, lots of little nuggets in it about not just celebrating the little things, but creating 
something into a moment to celebrate. It's a great book. So there you go. You've got an assignment. <laughs> Thank so, you. Girls, I have really enjoyed talking to you today. I can tell that you love what you're doing, that you love to be a part of it. I am very much going to try to be at um, MIS when you're there competing one of those days, probably the day that's the big day, um, you know, when you have your most competitions or whatever. So hopefully I'll meet you in person. That's only a couple hours from me. So it's not even, it's not even two hours. So I will definitely have that on my calendar and try to be there. Um, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you really feel is important to share about yourselves, about your um, program, your club that you're in, anything at all? Lexi, anything at all? I would definitely have to just touch one more time on the fact that, yes, motorsport as a whole is a community, but this team in specific is such a community. I know on my worst day, it's literally happened. Lauren and I have been sitting outside the shop as I like bawled my eyes out into her lap because I just like did bad on an exam. But I know that at the end of the day, when I come into the shop, it is a safe space. And it is the place that I know I can come up as 50% or 100% and I'm going to be welcomed and accepted and loved and be able to do what I love to do with those who also love doing what I love doing. And it's a really great community that I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life. That's amazing. That's Very amazing. Fun. All right, Lauren, you're up. Ooh, that is very hard to follow up. Um, well, we're going to say that you agree with all of that and you're going to add your spin to it. So I guess my one thing is, you know, you're here to learn and like you never want to turn down like an opportunity to try something new and I don't want to just apply it to this club because it's for a ton of other clubs like if you're kind of looking at something like you won't you won't know if you really like it unless you try it so mm -hmm. always dip your feet into something new like give motorsports a try give a club that you've never heard before a try and see if you like it meet new people make those connections yeah. Um, it's really important for the rest of your life to have those good connections. This club really provides you with those connections. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Good answers. Well, girls, I'm so glad that, um, and I know I'm going to say his name right, wrong. Archit reached, out, right. <laughs> reached out to me about having you on the podcast because this has really been fun to talk to you and hear about what you're doing and, and everything and being able to share this with my listeners. Um, you, you never know, it might inspire some other young women to take that step of faith and, and get involved in something that they never thought they would be. And it might turn out to be their passion. You just never know. Yeah, for sure. So thank you so much. Don't hang up. I'm going to end the recording and then uh, I'll get some information from you. Okay. Sounds good. All thank right. you for having us. Oh, absolutely.